Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast where we delve deep into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. This week's bonus episode is supported by freewheel.co.uk and we are one composites. Freewheel.co.uk is a new cycling website that enables you to shop for a ton of your favourite cycling brands online, but with all sales supported by your chosen local bike shop, meaning that small businesses get a percentage kickback from every sale. In an age where huge online retailers dominate the market, Freewheel is here to support over 400 local bike shops that make up the Freewheel Union. Because let's face it, our local bike shops are important parts of our riding communities that are well worth supporting. So you get the convenience of ordering online, but you still get to support your local bike shop. Head to freewheel.co.uk now and sign up to their mailing list to get a generous 15% off your first order. This is a UK only thing I'm afraid, so apologies to listeners elsewhere in the world. We are one make great carbon wheels. I've been using their wheels for three years now with zero issues and I've never even needed to show them a spoke key. I've ridden other carbon wheels which are punishing to say the least, but We Are One wheels have an amazing ride feel that is direct and holds its line, but it's not going to ping off every little edge on the trail. They also really care about making sure each wheel that leaves the factory meets their incredibly high quality standards, meaning you always end up with a product that's exactly how it's intended to be. That combo of quality and awesome engineering is why We Are One wheels are in massive demand. And that demand means that their wheel building is maxed out, so we can't offer a discount on complete wheels this month. But We Are One really want to support our listeners, so they're offering 15% off if you're buying their rim-only products until the end of April. So head to weareonecomposites.com now and use the code WESUPPLY2021. That's WESUPPLY, all one word, all lowercase, followed by the number 2021 over at weareonecomposites.com. All the links you need are in the show notes for this episode on downtimepodcast.com. Please make sure you're following the show on whatever platform you listen. There's probably a button there that says follow or subscribe, so hit that now. It's free and it means you'll get every episode as soon as it drops. If you can't find the button, then you can head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe, where I've got links to all the major platforms there to help you. I'd also love it if you can give me a follow on Instagram and Facebook where I'm at Downtime Podcast. It's the best place for you to keep up to date with what's going on and it's always great to chat with you in the comments and messages there. All right, it's time for the second episode of the week and I'm joined again by one of our most popular guests, Katie Winton. I think it's fair to say that Katie has had a testing off-season. After finding out late last year that she wouldn't have a ride with Trek for 2021, Katie set out on a rollercoaster ride to find a way to race this year. We sat down to chat about the process and get some real insight into what it takes to make sure that you're in a position to race at the top level. We'll find out all about Katie's new programme and sponsors, her plans for the season and much, much more. So, without further ado, here's Katie Winton. Katie Winton, welcome back to the Downtime Podcast. How's things with you? Oh, hi, Chris. Good to be back. Uh, all is good now. Thank you. We're in a good place <laughs> at last. <laughs> Some rough times. We'll talk. We'll talk about it a bit, and then uh, yeah, look at what the future holds because it sounds like it's pretty bright, but. Last time we chatted, you were stuck in New Zealand. I mean, there's worse problems to have, but you were stuck in New Zealand with all the COVID stuff going on. And um, I think you're still having a little bit of symptoms from the the concussion stuff that you suffered a while back. Is that like, has that all recovered now? How are you feeling like from a concussion side of things? Do you think it's all done? Yeah, definitely. I think um, February last year, I raced in Cable Bay Enduro in New Zealand and that was like quite a big moment for me actually because I raced that race and I wasn't worried about landing on my head and I was just like my body 
and my brain, everything was functioning as normal and I could uh-huh. push on again. And I just was cracking on. I was like, oh, like we've done it. Like we've got through this and we're actually back to where you where I was before and, and better almost. And so I think from then I was like, okay, you can just trust yourself and crack on with this and not not be stressing. So that took, what was that, a year and nine months from wow. the initial hit in France, just because yeah. I had so many repetitive hits after that. So, yeah, a year and nine months, and then I was mint again. So it did take all that time, though, to build the confidence and and just get rid of that nagging feeling. I think your your brain and body, they know when they're right again. And it just was like, oh, yeah, it's all right again. So now nice. I'm totally fine. Like, I have no no issues at all. I, I do try and avoid crashing, as, as everyone does. But, yeah, I'm really happy to kind of put that behind me and move forward. Good. Yeah, I'm glad you're healthy. That's nice to, nice to hear because that was a pretty – that was a rough one, eh? It took a while. Yeah, but really yeah, gnarly. Good that, good that you're back. Good Thank stuff. Well, we, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of your 2021 plans, but I guess before we do that, give us a little bit of background on how we – yeah, or how we get to today. Like, at what point last year did you start thinking about 2021 and what that was going to look like? And yeah, talk us through some of the events, I guess that that went on. Hmm. Um. So I was feeling the pressure from the get go about 2021. So when the season got shortened, I was like, oh no, and then. Like I knew I was going to be jumping on a new bike straight before the season and stuff. And I only had three chances to kind of prove myself again after two kind of rough years to uh-huh. hold my spot. I knew I needed to get some good results. And so I was already a little bit worried. But then, you know, apart from one result in Pietra of the 15th, which was incredibly frustrating and disappointing, the other two, like fourth and fifth, I was like, okay, like you're still there you know the times are really tight I was like you're still there like once we get set up and more settled on this setup you know we'll be faster again the following but I was Uh feeling like I was like anything can happen so just kind of keep pushing Trek a little bit to be like oh is this going to be re-signed and our port of call is Tracy who's amazing yeah she's like the sort of she deals with the athletes and I was like you know um when can we talk about it like what's their plans and she was like oh they're looking at doing it after the season and then as the sort of races went on she was like yeah I think you know it is looking likely we want to keep this team together because you've not you know as as a unit we've not had a full season to show what we can all do and we've also we also came second overall in the the team overall so like we were a good unit so the, she was like you know keen to keep that together and see what you can do in the future so I was like right, okay hoping for that but just you know she was like you you should look for other options just in case so I did like I spoke to um, another team but I didn't like really go for it because I was like well I want to stay with Trek and see where we can go at least for one more year just to just to say yeah. like you know, I can be a consistent podium contender with you. 
Um, and then October happened and I was just at home, just like having a bit of a break because it had been incredibly stressful for quite a long time with all the, all the COVID stuff and the travel and then being away at the races. And then I got the call with Trek. I was like, oh, can we speak about this? So I was waiting until after Worlds and things because I knew everybody was busy with yeah. all the downhill racing and stuff. Um, and then I had a phone call and, you know, they're like, oh, we're trying to make it work, but it's really not looking like we're going to have enough budget to keep you on. So if you're, you know, if you need an answer now, it would be no. And I was like, right. Okay. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> who, who makes that phone call like who who has to ring you up and tell you that um it's uh tim's the guy that runs all the team programs so he's the uh-huh. unfortunate guy that has to have these very difficult conversations <laughs> with athletes you know it's never you never uh, unless the athlete's done something terribly terribly wrong it's never going to be a nice conversation to yeah. have to say okay we can't do this anymore so i was like right right <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay right what am I going to do I'm going to have to find something else but then I was like what do you want to do like I've not actually thought about this because it wasn't really thinking it was something I was going to have to do yeah and at the same time this was like a Wednesday and then like the following Monday or something because my boyfriend Joe Nation he's he's a racer as well he races for pole poly bikes yeah uh, so he was he'd come back to Scotland we'd had just a nice October and then I got this news and like four days later he was going home so it was like I was just getting absolutely hammered by things because I was like no way like you've been you've been here through all of this and now I've just had this really difficult news and like you're going home yeah that's not a good time is no. it <laughs> I've not actually spoken about that. <laughs> it's making me sad. <laughs> so it was like, you're going to have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> you're all right. Oh, God. Yeah. It's an emotional subject, huh? Yeah. Yeah, because it was like, that's massive news. And, you know, he's he's a big part of my life and a big support to me. Yeah. And then I was going to have to do this myself. Although I wasn't going to be doing it myself. It's just not like that's hard anyway, going into this long distance thing and not really knowing um, when you're going to see each other again. So you've got like all of that. And then like, I don't know when I'm going to have a job or not and what I'm going to do about that. So yeah, it's a lot of things thrown up in the air, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to deal with. Yeah, just like all at the same time. So it was quite a yeah. lot. I'm going to get like known as this girl that just comes onto things and cries. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's oh, real. It's real, but it's, yeah. Anyway, so he went home and I started trying to figure out other options and actually it was really positive start I had like loads of interest initially so it was like this initial flurry and I was like oh like options like what what do you want to do you've got all these people that are keen like 
what's going to be the best fit because you know when you're thinking about a team or a setup and things it's not just like oh okay I'm just going to sign for a team and then off we go it's like you're considering so many different things you want the environment at the race and the people around you to be good because you know you work so hard all the rest of the time that that week of the race is so crucial to have good people and have this low stress and have the support mm-hmm. around you to really just it's like the final piece if you know what I mean yeah. but then you've also got like the equipment um and all of that side of things as well so like there's a lot of things to consider and it's like okay what's the priority here and for me it's always performance like I want to win races like and I want to mm-hmm. I want to give my absolute best in order to lay down my best performance and so it's like okay well what do you need to do that does that fit with this brand does that fit with this brand does that fit with this brand um and also what was important to me was gaining getting my worth like for myself and my brand because I know what I can bring to a brand but also for all the young girls all the young guys all the other mountain bikers out there to be valued as well because if I yeah. devalue myself, I actually devalue everyone, and that yeah. was that was important to me. So, yeah, off I went on my mission, talking to all these people. And Tracy was amazing because um, she's got so many contacts, and she was like, "Right, we'll get onto this person, we'll get onto that person. I'll send these people an email." And I was just like, "Thank you," <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you're just a bit like, "Where do I even start?" Because usually you're talking to people through the season, but. We don't get those kind of interactions when it's COVID because you have to stay within yeah. your little bubble. Um, so anyway, I was speaking to a lot of people and like one of the brands, one of the big brands I spoke to, they were like, we, you know, you've got good results. You've got some good social media. It's not often like people that you are available. We didn't think you would actually leave Trek or that situation would arise, but we just signed our fifth rider yesterday. And I was like, oh, no way. No. <laughs> but like they tried to make it work. And this was kind of true for a lot of teams. Um, like they they were sorted, but they were trying to find a place for me, which yeah. was amazing. And then it was also looking at other brands that don't have something in Enduro and talking with them and seeing what was available there. Um, and there was then like a, a startup team that I was looking at as well, but they just weren't going to be able to afford me and I wasn't I wasn't willing to kind of go into an unproven setup without kind of the compensation for that you know what I mean that's fair yeah like it's it's got to have bonuses like for both both sides so I was like okay and uh in sort of November time I was just kind of like you know asking some serious questions because it's highly stressful and it's like how long is this sustainable for to be living in this kind of like I would like to be able to get a house one day maybe you know and this is such an insecure way to live that I was like well well, you know do you keep racing you know I don't know if there's going to be racing next year at that point we didn't know what was going on I was like maybe I take a year out is that an option like what what do I do and as and when I was speaking to Joe he was like you know I've I've managed to do it like the privateer years where you just live on the total breadline and I'm coming from New Zealand so 
you know, if I can make it happen, then you can definitely make it happen. Like if you sell your bikes and you do this and do that, you know, you'll have enough, like in the worst case scenario that you'll be able to do it. You know, you yeah. might not, you don't make money, but you can still actually be there and do it. And then it means you can ride whatever you want and just crack on. And I was like, okay, like, oh, <laughs> I've got a backup plan. Like if, <laughs> cool. if all goes to crap, I can still make it basically. Yeah. Yeah, it took a lot of um, kind of reassurance in that. This is coming from the guy that lived in the woods in Morzine, though, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is coming from the guy that lived in the woods in Morzine off one euro fifty a day, eating <laughs> frozen chips heated up in a uh, little pan. <laughs> so you know, it's very resourceful. Excellent. So yeah, good. You've, <laughs> I can you got get my survival from him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, um, I had one, so that around sort of November, December, this is when I really started t- talking with SRAM and John Dawson there, like I know the SRAM people quite well from working with them the last couple of years and I've always had a really good relationship with them and they really value their athletes and, and celebrate them and want to support them. And this is kind of the tone I wanted to set for the rest of my relationships, whatever they were going to be. I wanted to work with brands that believed in me, that I believed in them. Our values were aligned just to have a really fulfilling sort of relationship and Mm -hmm. make it more than just the race and the bikes. We actually can work together on different projects. You know, I love all the marketing side of things. And so I would love to have more input into that. So working with brands that are more open, to working closer with their athletes was something I was really interested in. So SRAM and, and RockShocks were just amazing. Like Dawson was trying to find teams, you know, that work with them and be like, is there space on your team? What about your team? What about this opportunity? So it was just really nice to have someone else like fight in my corner because I was going crazy. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Um so like they are the real heroes in all of this because they stood by me and made me feel like, you know, it was worth keeping on fighting. Along with when the Trek release went out that I wasn't gonna be race, like I wasn't gonna be racing for Trek anymore. The support from that from the public and everyone was insane. Like it was like, wow, there's like a, a real audience here that's enjoying following this and it really in a moment where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> It was like, okay, it's really worth keeping this on because people are enjoying this as much as you yeah. are. So keep fighting. Yeah, there was a massive outpouring of support yeah. from that press release, wasn't there? It was super nice. Oh, it was so kind. I was like, people are so nice. So in December, over sort of the Christmas break, I actually took a bit of a break, which was good because I was flat out before then. Like it was 24-7 trying to figure it out. Because it's basically like you've got a problem and you're trying to solve it and you're not really coming up with any answers. So you're trying to get creative, you're figuring out other ways to do it and it was fairly relentless. I had a bit of a break, came back, was feeling more positive. I was like, yeah, yeah, we can do this. And so I had one team option that was still kind of ongoing. I had a couple of brands that were potentials. And the thing with this is when I'm looking at working with other brands, I am, you know, I'm going, okay, well, what are you bringing? Are you a title sponsor? 
Are you a frame sponsor? Are you a bike sponsor? Have you got a clothing line? Do you want me to run that as well? So we have that discussion. Then I go away and make a proposal that includes whatever they're wanting to offer. Mm-hmm. Let them know how much that's going to be um, and you know what I'm looking for. But that's different for every single brand because every single one is offering something slightly different. So there's a lot of admin that goes into yeah. putting that together. Um, so I had one one brand that was like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, we like that proposal. Let's talk next week. And then we didn't. And I was like, okay, so uh, are we going to talk? How about next week? Next week. And I still haven't heard from them to this day. Then I had another one that was like, yeah, we're working on it. We're working on something in the background. We'll be in touch soon. We'll be in touch soon. Then the team, the final team option fell through. And I was just like, okay, right. Well, we've got these other other couple going on here. And then it was like, I know, I can imagine similar for you. January was grim. Yeah, it was a rough month, wasn't it? Full stop. Without yeah. all this stuff going on, like it was just a hard month in the yeah. UK with lockdowns and weather. And yeah. yeah, it was all on, you know. So, you know, I'm in a high stress situation. Everybody's under a lot of pressure with everything in COVID, and we don't have this usual support mechanisms that we use, like getting out with rides with friends or going just going somewhere different because we yeah. want to change the scenery or, you know there was no break because we were just shut in and then it was snow and ice and it was dark and it was just like life was just a bit more difficult because it was so dark and the the weather was so bad everything just felt harder plus I had this all on top of it and I I think everybody now knows what uncertainty feels like more than ever before yeah and when you can't you know, if any of those brands had come back and said, yes, we're going to do it, then I would just be like, boom, into that plan. Okay, we're going this way and we're doing that. But I'm like stood at this like road and no, there's no path. No one's, no one's like, okay, the, we'll go this way. And I'm like, can't move. I'm like in a full checkmate because until I secure my bike brand, I can't secure everything else because everything mm-hmm. that everybody else asked me, clothing brand, what bikes are you going to ride? Um, components, what, but what frame are you going to be on? You know, that's the first question they always ask. So that's why it took yeah. so long because until I had the bike brand sorted, I couldn't move. So I got to three weeks in. It's I woke up again to snow and I'd cracked that day. I hadn't realized it yet. And I was just like, I can't deal with snow anymore because we we're in quite a rural, rural area. So it actually is, quite difficult to move around when it starts snowing it's all on the floor and stuff and uh so i was like okay i can't deal with this uncertainty anymore there's an added pressure that the there's a bike shortage essentially like everybody's buying the bike so i'm like until i make a decision on bikes i I don't know if i'm gonna have one in time for the season yeah yeah for sure yeah it was getting real and i was like i can't keep waiting around for these brands anymore so i made a phone call to a brand and I had a call with them on the Tuesday and this was a Monday and then got another option it was like oh if you tried this one here's the contact I was like okay I'll try that so I tried this brand and they were like they were lovely like, oh yeah so what bikes would you need and what um like what are you looking for essentially and I just lost it I was like I was so broken because I was like I can't I can't put myself out there again like 
in this such a vun like it's, it is vulnerable because you're going okay this is what i'm looking for money wise this is what i'm looking for money like bike wise and everything like can you do it like i couldn't put myself out there for like a no reply or just for to be told no again i like yeah was so fried i was wrecked and i came home that night and just like burst into tears because i was just like i can't do this anymore i've got nothing left to like make this happen and then i just knew what i needed to do at that point and i was just like there's a bike brand that i want to be with that i've wanted to be with since the start but i knew that they were real tight on budget so i was trying to find other ways because it was important you know i don't want to do things for free yeah so that was important to me but then i was like well now the scales have shifted and it's all about performance 100 percent. and if you can afford the season yourself just get the equipment you need that to do it the best you yeah. possibly can so there's no excuses so that became the focus it was like right no excuses this year let's get all the best equipment and do it do it that way so mm-hmm. on tuesday i had a phone call with rob from nukeproof and he was just lovely <laughs> and i was just like having a conversation with someone that just gets it and i was just like oh my god like this is how it could have been the whole time like you just yeah. <laughs> just just phoned them straight away anyway <laughs> yeah. but you want to exhaust every option so anyway uh, rob's just amazing he just gets it he knows what we need he knows like a happy athlete's a fast athlete. He's like, right, what do you need? We can get that sorted. I phoned him on the Tuesday. I had frames in my house by Friday. Wow. Like, I couldn't even believe what was happening because I was so fried and broken by that point. I was just, I didn't even have words to speak. <laughs> I was just like, oh, thank you for saving me. I got a bike, you know. And it's, it's not like it was a fully thought through option because that, the giga, will fit me and it can be a okay. mullet. I've looked at all the geometry. It's moving in the direction that I want to, you know, see bikes moving in. And mm-hmm. in terms of the geometry, especially as a small human, it works. So I was like, yep, I'm just going to crack on and do it because I believe in the bike. I believe in the products. The people are lovely. They support, you know, just welcome me with open arms. You know, he sent that stuff and then he was like, oh, I'm just going to send your care package just to welcome you so he feels part of something. And I was just like, oh, wow <laughs> finally yeah like i've actually i've got a brand here that really appreciates appreciates me and wants me to feel welcome and supported and and just understands basic people management like yeah. treat them with respect and appreciation and they'll go tenfold for you like it's as simple as that but it's i've come across a lot of people that have just expected so much more from you for like as if the sun shines out their arse and it's like, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 come on. Let's just have a bit of mutual respect here. Like, you can give me a lot and I can give you a lot and let's work together on this and then everybody will be happy. Um, so then I went back to SRAM and they were stoked. They're like, yep, brilliant. Let's get this ball rolling. Um, and then we've got uh, Crank Brothers the whole time as well. They were they were keen nice. and they were like, yep, we'll support you. And initially when I spoke to them they're like yeah if we can know by December that would be great this is like (laughs) February I'm like oh by the way (laughs) so they were meant and then we got Mitchell and Tyres came on board and then actually just very recently just got 
Um, and this is a lovely story, actually. So I put my video out and backcountry research strats got in contact and they were just like, uh-huh. we've just watched your video and we want to support you. We'll give you some money and you can ride our straps, but we just, we just want to be on your bike. Like we don't, you don't need to do wow. anything. Like we just really want to support what you're doing. And I was just like, oh, like that's <laughs> so nice. That's incredible. I know. I'm like, these are the kinds of people I want to work like work with and work for because they just like they're like you're doing a great job we want to support that keep doing what you're doing and us being associated with that is enough mm-hmm. and it's like wow that's cool so yeah that's the that's the program basically. so nuke proof sram yeah nuke proof sram rock shocks and zip as well uh, okay yeah. yeah 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 what about like finishing kit bars and stem and stuff? Is that nuke proof or? Um, that's just going to be SRAM at the moment. So okay. Part of the Trevative stuff. So part of the thing for me oh, as yeah. well is the more people that I bring on to this program, the more emails I have to send, the more talking I have to do. And so it was about creating a manageable program because this is all me. I've got to manage all of this and I want to do a good job. So, um, I wanted to keep it quite a, a small setup, which means like you're not getting as as much money, but like that's fine because I mm-hmm. I have to put a lot more time in otherwise, which costs costs me sort of thing. Yeah. I've also got Troy Lee on the clothing. Ah, nice. And protection. So yeah, very cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's an awesome setup. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, I need to tell you because I've got a team name. Have I told you this? No, you haven't. Oh, wow, Chris, we've got a team name. <laughs> this is a funny story, actually, because I came up with this concept in December because I was frustrated, like I was annoyed. I was like, oh, how is this Like, how is this not happening? Like, what, what am I doing wrong? What's wrong? So I came up with a concept that was um, something that was more than me. Okay. More than just, because if I had to go to somebody outside of the bike industry for some funding or whatever, I didn't want to be just like, hi, I'm Katie Winton. I want to race my bike. Do you want to sponsor me just to go and race my bike? I just didn't think that was enough. So I needed to have something that stood for more than that. Um, But then it didn't, I was like, I don't really know what I'm going to do with that. So I'll just like, it was just kind of sitting there. And then on a Tuesday, I phoned my friend Elspeth who like does little logos, designs and stuff. And I was like, oh, do you think we could design a logo? Like, I want to kind of take this brand somewhere, but I'm not sure where. Maybe I'll just stick a sticker to my helmet or something, but just kind of get the logo out there. Then on the Friday, I had a, a PR call with um, SRAM, uh, like Sarah Leishman, the sort of global communications, and Dawson mm-hmm. as well. We were just discussing, like, how we were going to lay this out there. And, you know, she was like, it's, it's totally rad. Like, you've just carved your own path here and you know so what's your team name going to be and I was like you know oh is it going to be Katie Winton Racing and I was like oh <laughs> I've actually got a name <laughs> that I came up with in December that I didn't think would be used so um it's called Mox 11 and it is how do you spell that m-o-x-i-e and then 11 is actually the roman numerals x-i Okay. So why? Why? Yeah, that's the question. So when I was 
when I was designing this, I was looking at like, okay, well, what is it that has got you to where you are? You know, what's the defining quality? And it was persistence. It's a hundred percent persistence. That's all it is. It's not a matter of talent. It's just a, a dogged persistence to never give in. Even if, you know, you're not the best around you, you just keep, keep chipping away until you are, you know? And so I was going to call it persist, but I was like, it's too obvious. Like it's too, too mainstream. You got to get a little bit more creative than this. So I was looking through the thesaurus and Moxie came up and I was like, Ooh, what is that? And it's like a slang and it's basically like courageous spirit, determined perseverance. And I was just like, Oh, nailed it. Cause it takes courage as well yeah. to, to persist. And it, uh, in on my like sort of race notebooks and stuff, I've had like courage written on the front of it, so it kind of all linked in quite nicely. But there's a bike called the Moxie, um, and there's just Moxies used randomly across the board. So I was like, it needs to have something more than that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, we could do a Roman numeral, huh? You know, that would be cool. Roman numerals look cool. What one? <laughs> Which one? No idea. I don't have any particular attachment to any number. So I was like looking through them all and I was like, I don't know. So I was like, oh, what what number is K? 11. So I looked up 11 and it's XI in Moxie, M-O-X-I. Oh, perfect. Yes. There you so go. The whole purpose. I, like it. I never knew. I yeah. never knew that's what that meant. Yes. So the whole purpose of it is basically to inspire people through my racing and everything I've learned through sport and tell those stories to then inspire people to like be courageous and go for what's right for them and to you know be brave in the face of adversity and crack on persist regardless and just find it within them like find the moxie 11 within them to pursue whatever it is and the other side of it that was really important to me was also you know, having the courage to do the right, what's right for you doesn't just mean like cracking on all the time. You know, I think we've all got this, you know, there's messages everywhere that's like, keep working hard, work hard, do, 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 do. But having the courage to do right, what's right for you is also having the courage to go, I just need to chill out, actually, or I just need to, to do something different, or this isn't actually what's right, I just need to go and have a bath and read a book. And I think, I think I let you know having an athlete that's pushing to the very top also going but it's okay to take your foot off the gas like that's okay and give people that permission as well I think is really important so there's quite a few elements to it but that's it in an in an essence and I I feel like it's free enough that it's going to be able to develop and mature into whatever it's meant to be sort of thing yeah that's cool that you've kind of made it I mean, initially very much focused around getting you out racing, but it sounds like it's become something a lot bigger through mm. all of it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it I hope it's gonna represent everything that I'm gonna put out and this honest honest look at racing and being a professional athlete and things and just I'll be honest about what's going on and hopefully people will be more honest about what's going on for them and we'll get rid of this shiny shiny looky looky sometimes it's bad but that's okay and it's okay not to be okay and we'll just kind of start to create that community of like yeah I've been up against it and I cracked on so have you 
and so have you and so have you and so have you yeah nice yeah and you put obviously you put your first video out of the kind of new era of katie winton the moxie 11 era yeah. and uh it was it was uh it was kind of quite a tough watch in a way like it nearly nearly had me in tears at one point um which i wasn't expecting and mm. but it was really cool like there's not many there's not much mountain bike content that you watch that has a real emotional element to it like that and that is that kind of open and honest like how how did you feel making it how did you feel putting it out there and what's the response been like so far so making it was something that was really really important to me to share that process because not just for myself but because I know so many athletes have been through the same thing and more athletes will to come and I want to want them to know you know like this happens so be ready or do whatever you can to avoid this um but for me personally I just can't I can't do the shiny shiny it's like if something's not okay I need to tell you that it's not okay um so that was important to me it was also like I think everybody has been struggling a lot in the past year and I want yeah. to show that even even people that are you know think feel like I'm perceived as pretty positive and things like even I'm I I have hard times as well and that's okay like don't don't compare yourself to that it's like okay they're really positive but also sometimes they're not okay so i i can you're giving you're giving people permission to not be okay mm-hmm. so making it was hard showing showing people was harder <laughs> like my parents and stuff because they were just like oh my god <laughs> because they've lived it all with me as well you know they've been right there and it was a big decision because I wasn't sure whether I was going to put it out there because it was really, really vulnerable. Also, what was important for me making this was to take full responsibility for it. It wasn't a case mm-hmm. of, there was no blame. It was all my fault. It was like, yep, this is this is what's happened to me because of all of these things. It's not about pointing fingers or anything like that. We're just pointing at me and I'm showing you my story. My story. So it, I don't want to piss anybody off. So I had to like really make sure I made it very clear what was going on and how yeah. this had come around so that it couldn't be misconstrued. So it's like there was a I just had to be really careful and put it together well so that it was like this is my story, this is what's happening to me, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So that that took a bit of time. And then putting it out there, I could can't even believe how it's been taken it's been insane even just the teaser people went wild over and then the video went out and the i'm just completely overwhelmed by the response actually like reaching people on so many different levels you know i had uh one lady message me saying you know i can't remember what um job it was she was in but she was like i've been there you know i i was trying to apply for jobs and no one was getting back to me and you know or I wasn't getting any feedback and you're just bashing your head off a wall and it's like yeah see like this is this is relevant not just in mountain biking but across the board and so people you know they're like oh but I, I got through it and I just want to let you know that you know it's I felt like it was there's something wrong with me but it wasn't and so just keep chipping away you know you'll get there and it's just like just you're just connecting with people on a deeper a deeper level so yeah it's- that's awesome 
Yeah, I saw Clay Porter shared it as well, like one of the godfathers of mountain bike video content. And uh, <laughs> when you're getting props from people like Clay, like it's, uh, yeah, it's cool, isn't it? It's it's amazing to see that sort of feedback and like how many people it's got to. Yeah, it's insane. I saw that Clay Porter. I was like, Clay Porter, you make the films. You do the cinema. I've just made a little video taking selfies on my iPhone. And you thought it was good. That's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Awesome. Yeah, so what's what's the kind of what does the rest of that look like? Have you got plans for more videos and like throughout the season telling us more? Like how how's that gonna work? Yeah, so basically each kind of episode will have a theme. So the next one will just be like part two of of this first episode and then we'll move into sort of just sort of showcasing, okay, right, let's look at training, let's look at bike setup stuff and how you prepare that way and then we'll look at the races and then sort of the end of the season. So it's the Keeping Up With Katie idea has been in my plan since like november since i first started putting out proposals to people that this was this mm-hmm. was something i was going to do because i needed to have my back covered in case i wasn't racing so yeah. i also wasn't prepared to just go full youtube yolo smashing out random loads and loads of content like i totally respect everybody that does that because it is a lot of work but yeah huge there was no way i was going to be doing that so i wanted i also wanted to create you know, people love like drive to survive and stuff like that. And I wanted to create something completely different. Like this is a series that people will be like, Ooh, what's next? You know, and let's watch, Oh, keeping up with Katie. That's back on again. Let's watch that, you know, and kind of make a bit more of a fuss about just sort of single episodes rather than, um, just punting out content. Uh-huh. So that's kind of, yeah. that's kind of the plan. I'm hoping that over time, maybe I'll like get a better camera and, you know, maybe I'll, you know, the progress, the progression will happen. The quality will go up, you know, maybe I'll get someone that's going to edit it for me. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you're doing that all yourself. Yeah. I'm doing all of that myself. Yeah. So it's a, it's a big job. Yeah. But I love it. Like I love it. I, I, I really enjoyed it, putting it together and because I have the whole image in my head of how I want it to look and the timeline and, you know, sort of how to tell the story and how that's going to fit together so I love figuring that out and putting it all together it's like a creative outlet isn't it you're creating something so yeah yeah Yeah, that's cool yeah because you you, there's definitely a big creative side in you with your painting and all that sort of stuff as well as the 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 thoroughbred racer (laughs) bubbling away isn't it yeah yeah I love it because I I found um, how to like do the sort of graphic designy stuff on a um, little internet appy thing and okay i love it i just love it like i you know how you get like in the flow state on the bike and you just not you it's just going i'll i'll be on doing graphic stuff and it'll be like a day will have passed and i'm like oh oops (laughs) (laughs) but just absolutely in the zone and loving it nice that's cool Mm -hmm. it's good that you found something else that you enjoy as well through all this like yeah yeah. good stuff so you've had like what five six months of pretty high stress situations lots of time taken up with uh emails meetings frustrating things to deal with how have you managed to you know keep training have you managed to keep training like have you been riding how's that all fitted together so initially i wasn't training at all because 
I had zero capacity for it. So like the before the sort of start of the year, so back end of twenty twenty, I wasn't training at all. I was just like riding at the weekend with my friends and just doing bits and pieces. It's kind of a blur. I can't even remember what I was up to, but you know, I was riding the e-bike quite a lot and enjoying that, um, and just keeping it really fun because I've I've got this wrong before when your stress is real high and you keep hammering training and then you just blow up. And I knew the season wasn't going to be starting until June, so I had time. There was no rush to start training. It was just okay. Let's just keep ticking over. Um, and then I, you know, started getting back in the gym with my friend Emma. We just like came up with like a little con, like a she'd done this five, five thing where you do five sets of five squats, deadlifts, bench and overhead press. And mm-hmm. it's like a little app that you use and it tell you start real low and it's to sort of build your, your max. So we just chipped away doing that for quite a while, just as something else that was the pair of us could do together. And then I started training and managed to manage it around everything and actually needed it because it was my escape it was a a, you know and I I still felt like I was working towards my goals you know I I felt like I was still a professional mountain biker I was okay you're still a pro because you're still training like it's all right um but it was really hard because I was having a lot of sleepless nights I was having a lot of 4am wake-ups just and there was the new one of like waking up at two in the morning and that nice. was you awake for the rest of the day. Like having a baby without having a baby. <laughs> I know you know these sleepless nights. <laughs> I'm familiar with them. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just full on. And you that's only sustainable for so long. Um, and I blew up. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, actually, I blew up. And I had to take a wee bit of time off. But I, I know the signs now, so I don't I don't get to the blow up point of like now I've overtrained and I'm absolutely screwed. I just know yeah. okay, we just need to take the foot off the gas a little bit now. So what did, what did that what does it feel like? Are you able to kind of describe how you know you're at that point where you need to take some time out? So for me, this was total mental burnout because I'd been so okay. flat out concentrating, figuring things out, da, 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 da. Um, and the first the first sign so I do these savage circuits on a Wednesday and usually I'm like oh pretty tired don't really want to do it this time I was not able to get myself psyched up to do it at all and as I should have at that point listened to my body because that was it that was me done but I (laughs) I phoned I got a quick phone call with Dawson just before and he was like yep we've secured money for you so that's going to happen yeah and like I think I don't even know what happened after that because I had a full like sort of depersonalization like I left my body (laughs) did this circuit couldn't feel anything like I couldn't feel anything I'd gone so I'd gone so deep to do it because I was so motivated could find like somebody met me halfway on my bridge you know I was building a bridge across this ridiculous crevasse and they met me on the other side and I was like yes it's gonna happen and I did this circuit and I was punting out incredibly quick times, like really fast. And I was like, how is this even happening? Because I can't feel, like I don't even know what's going on. Like I don't know Weird. where, I've, I don't know how deep I've gone because I've never been this deep before. <laughs> and then I was cooked for the 
because that took so much out of me mentally to do that. The next yeah. day I was wrecked. The day after that I was a bit cooked. On the Saturday, I can't even remember what I was doing. I took the Saturday off because I was like, I just need another day to kind of come round. And yeah. then on the Sunday, I went on the trainer and I was doing 74 watts and it felt like about 220, no, <laughs> 2,000 watts. That's what it felt like. I couldn't even get my legs to go around. And I was like, okay, maybe we just go inside and eat some food and then we yeah. come back and try it again. So I tried again and it, mentally I just go like I push on all the time but I just couldn't anymore and because I've because I've overtrained before I know the sign for me and I start to I just know I don't know it's really difficult to explain because I think it's personal for everyone but for me I just get really um, I just it's just like this I can't do this anymore you just need to stop pushing you just stop pushing because we can't we can't get you there anymore so you just yeah. need to recover so i spoke to a coach we took two weeks fairly chill and uh, after that i actually for the first time in about six months or whatever felt like myself again and i knew i knew how important it was to take the time and that, that didn't matter how long it needed to be because if i wanted to race well i need to have i need to be mentally there so if it's going to take two weeks if it's going to take a month that's fine because you've got a whole season to race but two yeah. weeks and, and it felt good again it's a late start right we're mm. kind of a bit lucky i guess in that respect that it's a late start to the season so sorting out a deal late having some time off this time of year is less of an issue than it would be in a regular year i guess yeah definitely but i think there's definitely there's always a place for taking time off for that sort of thing like um no one should feel guilty about that because it's so important for the longevity of your yourself um, and yeah. take some time so it doesn't matter whether it's like just before the races or whether it's you know in the crucial build-up if you you it's the same thing you've got to have the courage to do what's right for you and if that means taking a bit of time then that's so important to listen to that and honor that so that you can come back because otherwise you're just half hours in sessions you're not doing them properly you're do- and then you're making yourself feel worse about yourself you're like, oh, i'm not doing that session properly like, that's really frustrating it's like whoa just take the foot off just go have a bit of fun, be a normal person for a little while and then yeah. come back to it when you're ready and that's okay. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, it's really hard to do. Even, I mean, I'm not, I'm far from it considering myself any kind of athlete, but even I find it hard to take time off from, uh, from oh, Could you try again? Siri's just woken up on my phone for some <laughs> reason. Sure I don't know why. He doesn't understand. Um, I don't understand. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on. Well, I, I struggle to take time off. I don't understand, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me more. Yeah, like I, I feel guilty when I'm not doing something exercise-wise. But similarly, I guess as I've got older, A, I can do less anyway. Like at 42, I can't work and train and party and do everything like I could when I was 20. And uh I've been to the point of overtraining and been on those rides where my heart just doesn't want to even let me do anything particularly strenuous and try to carry on. But you're right until you stop, you're never, you're just going to keep going backwards. So you've got to, you've got to take that time out and step away from it, which is hard to do. Right. But it's, it's the only way I suppose. 
Yeah, definitely, because it's, you know, it's true for everyone. We're all pushing, and I think we're in a society and culture where it's like you have to work hard, you have to keep pushing, and we're we're constantly fed people that are working hard and always working out and always getting it right and always have this perceived perfect life because they're just nailing it all the time. So you beat yourself up when it's like, well, I just need to chill out a little bit. Oh, but they're not chilling out. They don't chill out. They just keep pushing. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like in order for the way that I justify it to myself is I'm like, right, okay, you want to go a hundred percent, you know, if you want to do that, you also need to chill out and have that rest time and make that a priority because that is actually a very key component to you doing the rest of the stuff. But never had I actually acknowledged that before to make it a real priority and, and just give myself permission to be like, make time for this because it is actually very important. Yeah. And even more so, yeah, even more so when you're stressed, right? It's even more important to find that time to try and bring things down and keep things calm and yeah, manage. And it's really hard because all you want to do is fix. I'm going to sort this. Sort, 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 sort. Go, 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 go. It's like, yes, that's one element of fixing this, but the other element is actually giving yourself time and space away from it to come back with fresh eyes or come back with different energy. And, yeah. Yeah, big challenge. So how how are you going about getting used to all these new products then? Because it's a fairly big change, but I guess at least you're keeping kind of drivetrain and suspension. So there's a level of familiarity with some of the more complex elements of the of the bike. Yeah, definitely. So the similar, like I've been on the Zeb for over a year, and all the the brakes, you know, my brake fuel points and stuff like that, they're all the same. And um, the bike itself, I've at the moment not ridden it in its mullet form yet i'm very excited okay um but the tires was a huge thing for me like that was that was a really big deal because i had an had an offer for tires that were going to give me money because they were really keen but i so i tested them and i was like well yeah they're, they're okay and then i put the michelins on and oh my god like i can't I couldn't, I like, I, I rode, so I did testing back to back on the e-bike, went down the track and I was like, okay, that tire's fine. Went back, swapped out, I just changed the front tire just to get a feel for it. Chucked the front tire on, went back up, did the same track, came down the track, got to the bottom of the hill, jumped off the bike, just looked at it. I just was like, <laughs> what is going on? How is this even possible? Like, I know tires make a difference, but I had no idea they made that much of a difference. Like it was, yeah. it got me so buzzing to ride my bike. Like it was insane. I was like, I had no idea a tire could just do this. It was only the front tire. And I was just like, oh, I can't wait to ride my bike. I'm going to take it here. I'm going to go there. I'm going to do this. It's just it's so fun. I just, I'm having such a good time because I can just trust this. And it's just holding me and I can, it's going so fast. It's like everything in one, like, wow. So that's Which one were you using? That was actually just the um, Wild Enduro okay there's yeah, yeah. one but i was like yeah. you know it's it's a quite a sticky tire and i was like is it gonna actually roll well or not and i went down this track that has a sort of good mix and at the bottom it was just hooking and it was flying rolling along and i was just like this is a dream 
That's awesome. Yeah, I tried the DH22s recently mm. and uh yeah, similar experience. It feels like you're cheating. Like yeah. there's a little local track near me, really short, like but like 22 seconds or something, and I was over a second faster down it than I've ever been like using GoPros for timing. So fit like pretty accurate yeah. I'd say. Yeah. And uh I'd norm there's like I think three like little places where you'd sort of brake tap coming into turns, mm. which is the head of and uh there's now only one like it's just unreal i wow. the confidence in the turning of the bike was was unbelievable yeah, yeah. it blew my mind yeah it does because i i put the dh22 on and had the same thing i just all of a sudden was turning and like just could just go into a different line and just hook around this corner and i was like what's going on this is amazing like i can just <laughs> change direction it's just gripping and it's like I think ultimately when I'm doing a bike and bike setup and stuff like that, I want to just be able to, you're just trying to turn your brain off. So you want everything as predictable as possible. And that's exactly what that did. It was just like, okay, I have grip on my tires. Like I can trust this. I can just now do what I know I can do. I can yeah. take the lines I know I want to take because I, I've got, I've got the security, this backup of this tire is just going to hold me. And I trust it, 100% trust it. You're trusting the setup. And that's such a satisfying feeling. And I was like, Ooh, found it. We found it in tires. These are amazing. Nice. So you must be, you're pretty excited by this, uh, by this new setup, by the sounds of it. I am really excited about this new setup. Like very, very excited because uh, there's no compromise going on. It's just all performance. And so it's, that's really satisfying for me because now it's like, okay, the bike is mint. It's sorted. It's fantastic. Now you just get you in the right position. And then, then, because ultimately when I'm at the race, I've done all this hard work training and stuff like that. And I just love the racing because I just get to enjoy the form that I've created and I've Mm -hmm. got good form training wise and everything. So if my bike's the same, then it's just such a fantastic experience and you just can lay it all down. And, you know, that, that in itself is so satisfying. So it's like whether the race goes well or not, you just had the best time. Sweet. Is, is mullet a new thing for you? Have you ridden mullet before? I can't no, remember. No, I have never ridden a mullet before. So I'm oh, like, interesting. I'm oozing with enthusiasm to try it because, you know, Joe and I have worked a lot on technique and things. He's really good at that and loves analyzing everything. So we, we take videos of each other and we look at things and he's like, okay, you know, you just need to lean the bike more. But it's like, you, I'm looking at it. It's like the wheels in the way and the saddles in the way and, so it's like okay let's try and get a setup where you've got enough space so like on the nuke proof the seat tube's 380 so it mm-hmm. means i can get hopefully get i've measured it and it's like going to be by the skin of the teeth <laughs> but i should be able to get a 150 dropper in which is the first nice. time ever so that's were you on 125 bad. before yeah oh wow okay yeah that's gonna and make I, a big difference yeah massive difference and i was on yeah. a 100 until middle of the way through 2019 so and progressively getting more and more room. But I yeah. think just having the nippiness and the rear wheel or behind me as I'm getting around corners and stuff is gonna gonna be huge. So just because I'm I'm just a little bit shorter, I think that that's gonna help me whiz around the corners and things. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well and cornering speed is key. Mm, absolutely. What? I mean I what? I know what's that? No, go on, you're right. Well, I know I can go fast in straight lines. Like I have no problems with that. So it's like, okay, how do we help the the corner bits? 
Nice. What what does the rest of the Moxie Eleven setup look like? Like when you turn up to an EWS, what what goes with you? Like is there a is there a van? Is there a pit setup? Is there support? Is it you and a bike bag and a plane? Like what? How's it going? It's a uh, very low key at the moment. <laughs> We're definitely starting from the ground up. But um, SRAM, I'll be in the SRAM pit. Ah, so cool. that's meant. So they're they're there supporting me and helping me out. But also I'll be doing doing all the racing with Joe. So that's mm-hmm. worked out really well. He's kind of got a sort of similar, like a he's with Pole for their team, but it's a, a sort of more free range setup. So the okay. two of us can do it together, which is great because nice. you know we train and do everything together normally. So that's like a really nice calm relaxed scenario and so then you mm-hmm. go into these races and it's the same and so you just continue that good vibe and and do do it together there's no stress you know we're a good unit we can support each other and so I'm hoping that through all the stress that actually what I've created is a good environment with good products good people and what I need and it was just going to build and build from there really yeah Awesome. And are you mechanicking for yourselves Mm -hmm. or do you have support from SRAM on that side of things? SRAM will um, help me with all the sort of, all the little bits and things. I'll be changing my own tires and stuff like that, you know, all all of that side of things. And Joe Joe will definitely be helping me with that, although I've got a lot better with all of it. I think between us, what we'll probably do is share the load. So I'll probably end up doing more sort of cooking and all that side of things I'll do like logistics um and sussing out all of that and he mm-hmm. can come in and help with more of the mechanics and, and things so between us I think it'll be a good good shared load yeah nice and you've done the privateer thing before so in that respect it's not new to you is it it's not like you jumped into a factory team at the very start of this no exactly like I know I know what goes into it and when I was on trek I was um, at at the races, you know, we had Tracy that was sorting out all the logistics all the rest of the time. But at the races and things, I was, um, I like a good plan. So you know, I was helping. I was sort of, so spearheading that with everybody of being like, right, let's get together, let's figure out a plan. This is this is when practice is. This is what's going on. So I was already doing the sort of that side of things anyway. So now I do that side of things, but it's just me and Joe that we're doing it for. So I feel like what I've learned from the team. I've learned from before that now I've got the freedom to do I've just got the freedom which is another big part of this is I've got a lot of freedom to do as I want when I want and however I want which is quite quite cool yeah I was going to say do you think that'll play to your advantage do you think you'll work well in that environment where you've got full control over everything yes (laughs) (laughs) yes Without being like, yes, I'm a complete control freak, so I'm very delighted to have control over everything. But it's true. It's true. I do like, I do like, it's what's well, so important to me. You know, I've worked so hard to the point when I get to those races, I do want to have control over the last little bit because if there's a screw up in that last little bit, there's a lot lying on that. Yeah. Whereas if I'm in control of all that, I'm fully responsible to make that happen as as it should and but I have control to do the do whatever is right for me. So yeah, yeah. So do you see this as like a a long term thing, or is it like a year and then 
if you if the results go the way you want them to then you'd like look to sign with a factory team again how do you feel having gone through all of this how do you feel you'd like to see it pan out it's it's really hard to know i don't i don't know i'm kind of leaving it very open and just going with it and seeing what happens really i think yeah. that's just where i'm at i've kind of got ideas in my head but at the moment i'm leaving it very wide open to see what happens see what comes of it because actually this year is going to be quite exciting because there's a lot of the you know very top females that are you know their contracts are up this year okay so it's going to be interesting to see the moving and shaking that goes around if things open up or don't open up you know there's a lot going on so i'm fairly open to see to see it depends how this goes. You know, I might be like, oh, yeah. actually, I don't want to do this. I want to be on a team. <laughs> yeah. Or I might be like, this is a fantastic success. Let's let's make it bigger. Let's let's take it to the next level. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool to be able to bring other riders on board and like yeah. grow it if it's if it feels right at the time, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Like I'd love you know I'd love to have younger riders on. I'd like love to, to work with them and help help bring them on and be like, Okay, this is how it works here we are at the race like this is this is the way to behave and this is how we we do things and, and just give them give them a foot in the door to yeah to racing so and do sort cool. of more development yeah. stuff so nice you must be pretty excited to go racing then having got all of this sort of stuff out the way and you know bikes are getting there and everything's falling into place you must be must be chomping at the bit to get between the tape yeah, I am. Once I've got <laughs> once I've got this bike actually built and riding, yeah, and yes, I will be absolutely buzzing. There's just like I usually I'll do. Joe always slags me off for this. He's like, "Oh, you do two weeks of training and then you're like, I'm ready to race. Let's race. I've done a bit of training, so now I'm ready." <laughs> but I must have matured because now I'm like, no, no, we've got time, and actually I'm quite happy with having a bit of time to get get ready. And I know no. When I will be between the tape, I'll be 100% ready. And that's exciting. Yeah. Well, and you've got a race in your kind of hometown later this season as well with the EWS coming back to the Tweed Valley. That's got to be pretty exciting. Yes. Yeah, that is. I really hope that that happens. <laughs> but yes, it's very exciting. Like the races we had there before were incredible. So doing it again is just going to be absolutely amazing it's obviously a massive focus for me and a massive priority for me so yeah i am yeah buzzing for that and it's a final yeah. race so it's like right yeah. all or nothing off we go definitely it could be like the only big race that i get to go to this year with fort william being cancelled and foreign travel looking uh fairly sketchy unless you're an athlete i think so yeah yeah, yeah it's going to be a wee bit difficult isn't it it's such a shame to see fort william cancelled yeah Hopefully they find a date later in the year. And I think mm. think they're still talking about it, but yeah, don't know. Yeah. We'll see. What are you are you hearing anything about the EWS series? Is it still looking like it's gonna go ahead as planned at this point in time or Yeah, as far as I know, it's still looking good. So yeah, we just have to wait and see. But yeah, I think everybody's fairly confident that it's all gonna all gonna be happening, which is good. And um I'm excited for the double events and things as well. I think it's going to add a whole whole new challenge and then doing sort of the the race stage on the one-day ones, the race stage the day before, like 
sort of prologue sort of scenario going on. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot going on, a lot of changes happening and things, so it's should be quite an interesting year. Yeah, definitely. It could be good to see how it all pans out. Mm, definitely. Excellent. Nice one. Well, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really glad that it's come together for you. I'm sorry that it's taken as much heartache as it has to get here because it doesn't feel deserved but it sounds like you've got a program together that you're really happy with and fair play for keeping at it and working away because i can imagine that's not been uh not been easy but you must yeah you must feel pretty proud of what you've done and what you've pulled together yeah definitely it's so satisfying because i've got people i've got really nice people that i'm working with and that's at the end of the day that's all you want the same in any job if you're working with good people you're you're working happy and then if you're happy you're performing well and that's that is extremely satisfying so yeah I'm good having. stuff nice well i'm looking forward to seeing how you get on let's hope we get some racing underway as per the current plan fingers very much crossed um if people want to keep up with what you're up to where are the best places for them to head um miss at, at miss winton on instagram is uh probably the best protocol it's where i post most things i'm on youtube it's youtube.com forward slash katie winton so that'll be where katie keeping up with katie is going to be coming through so yeah between those two you should be all up to date nice one cool i will uh yeah I'll stick show notes links on the website for those so that people can find them nice and easily and yeah wish you all the best for an exciting season hopefully see you up in the tweed valley at some point and uh yeah you're off out for a ride with your dad now yeah yes i am it's gonna be so nice he's on holiday for the easter holidays so gotta make gotta make the most of it while we can so yeah it's gonna be a very nice afternoon so but thanks Excellent. very much for having me on and listening to my saga someone actually messaged me that like, <laughs> i've been following your saga i was like saga great <laughs> word for this <laughs> perfect that could have been your your team name (laughs) the saga (laughs) there's still time there's still time (laughs) we can still change it yeah good stuff nice one katie yeah it's been super good catching up and uh yeah all the best thank you all right that's it for this episode with katie i really hope you've enjoyed listening a massive thanks to we are one composites for supporting this episode if you're looking for top quality carbon wheels then we are one is the place to go as a downtime listener you can get 15 percent off their rim only products until the end of april using the code we supply 2021 at the checkout that's we supply all one word all lowercase followed by the number 2021 over on we are one composites.com also a big thank you to freewheel.co.uk If you want the convenience of shopping online but still want to support your local bike shops, then Freewheel is the place to do it. You can get 15% off your first order by heading to freewheel.co.uk now and signing up to their mailing list. This is a UK-only thing, I'm afraid, so apologies to listeners elsewhere in the world. All the links you need are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. If you fancy representing the show, then you can get your hands on some of our brand new spring summer 2021 merch by heading over to downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. All the proceeds go to helping improve the show. All right, you know what to do. Keep on spreading the word, tell your rider mates and share the episodes on your social media. It's massively important. It makes a huge difference and I really, really appreciate it. Also, if you've got some time, a quick review on iTunes is super helpful too. All right, there's another awesome episode coming up soon, but until then... Get out and ride.